Hello, this is Professor Hayat Alvi, U.S. Naval War College. Everything I say represents my own personal views. Today is Wednesday, July 21st, 2021. The topic for my podcast today is neo-Nazi resurgence. Tomorrow is Thursday, July 22, 2021. It will mark the 10th anniversary of the horrific massacre and bomb attack in Norway at the hands of a bloodthirsty neo-Nazi named Anders Breivik. It was the worst attack in Norway since World War II. At the age of uh, 32, Breivik set off a bomb in a government building in the nation's capital of Oslo. Then he dressed himself up as a police officer and Breivik headed to Utoya Island where he committed a massacre of 69 youth. Adding the eight people he killed from the bomb attack in the city, the total became 77 dead. The youth were a retreat on the island of Utoya. And then more than 200 Norwegians were wounded from his attacks. I want to read to you from a website called timesleader.com, the chronology of what happened. On July 22, 2011, at 2.09 p.m., Anders Breivik sends a manifesto, quote, 2083, a European Declaration of Independence, unquote, to 1,002 email addresses, including Norwegian politicians and journalists. This was his manifesto. At 3.17 p.m., Breivik parks a white van outside the government quarter in Oslo, loaded with a 950-kilogram bomb, then leaves in a separate vehicle heading for Utoya Utoya Island. At 3.25 p.m., the bomb explodes, killing six women and two men. At 5.17 p.m., Breivik arrives in Utoya on a boat from the mainland, dressed as a policeman and carrying an arsenal of weapons in a suitcase. At 5.21 p.m., the shooting starts. Breivik kills a guard and a camp organizer before stalking and murdering mostly teenagers and young adults around the island. He kills 69 people. At 6.34 p.m., Breivik gives himself up to armed police and is arrested. Fast forward to April 16, 2012. His court trial begins with Breivik entering the court giving a clenched Fist salute. It's a Nazi salute. The court will decide if he is sane and capable capable of facing justice. August 24, 2012, Breivik is sentenced to the maximum 21 years in prison. He will serve his sentence in a high-security three-room cell with access to a gym and computer games, but very little contact with other inmates. In July 2015, Breivik begins proceedings to sue the Norwegian state for violations of human rights. It was based on his perception of how he was being treated and his conditions and environment in the cell. 
March 15, 2016, Breivik returns to court in a special prison facility for the beginning of the hearing. He enters giving a Nazi salute. April 20th, 2016, the Oslo District Court rules that Breivik's imprisonment violates Article 3 of the European Convention on Human Rights, which prohibits inhuman or degrading treatment. <clears throat> the government says it will appeal. March, March 1, 2017, an appeals court overrules the previous decision. Uh, June 21, 2018, the European Court of Human Rights rejects Breivik's appeal. So that's the chronology of events. He's still in prison, and that 21-year maximum sentence is very likely to be extended to a lifetime in prison because there is such an outcry, especially uh, because the 21 years is too light for the terrorist attack he inflicted on his country. The youth group on the retreat were the Workers' Youth League engaging in its annual summer camp. Breivik wanted to quote unquote, save Norway. Save it from what? He wanted to, as he perceived it, save Norway from multiculturalism and especially the influx of Muslim uh, immigrants and the rise of the Muslim population or increase of its population in Norway. I'm going to read a paragraph from the New Yorker magazine, and it's an article that's written by Carl Ove Nosgaard, forgive any mispronunciation, the New Yorker, May 18, 2015. It's an excellent article and it's entitled The Inexplicable Inside the Mind of a Mass Killer. And I'm reading only one paragraph and it begins with, he wanted to save Norway, referring to Breivik. Quote, just a few hours before detonating the bomb, Breivik emailed a 1,500-page manifesto to a 1,000 recipients in which he said that we were at war with Muslims and multiculturalism, and that the slaughter of the campers was meant to be a wake-up call. He also uploaded to YouTube a 12-minute video that revealed with propagandistic simplicity what was about to happen in Europe, that is, the Muslim invasion, unquote. Again, I highly recommend reading this New Yorker article on this topic. It also, this article goes into explaining that Breivik modeled his attacks in Norway on the model of Tim McVeigh's 1995 Oklahoma City bombing that killed 168 people. And it's a model for Breivik because Tim McVeigh also wanted to attack uh, as a means of his protestations against the government. So it's an anti-government uh, expression, violent expression of his ideology. And it's the same thing for Breivik. However, the article also says that rather than being a 
sophisticated terrorist, Breivik in particular is more like a misfit school shooter. He wanted to be seen, quotes the article. That is what drove him. Here's my message to everyone. Democracies must fight against violent fascist elements and elements of extremism, whether it's religious extremism or secular extremism. Doesn't matter. There are always threats. Extremism can always be a threat, potentially, to the stability and security of any democracy. We're seeing this happen with the rise of religious fascism in the largest democracy in the world, India. And on a different podcast, I will talk specifically about what's happening in India down the road. But these are alarming trends. We're seeing it in the United States as well. Uh, the kind of coming out of hiding is kind of the way I describe it, of neo-Nazis, uh, white supremacists, extremists, etc. And it is really a dangerous threat, as we saw with the January 6th insurgency in, uh, and insurrection uh, at the Capitol in Washington, D.C. We should not be taking this lying down like Norway, like the United States, like all democracies throughout the world. This is a potential dangerous uh, rise and uh, resurgence of fascism and extremism. It never goes away. It's like a volcano. It can be dormant for quite a long time because mainly society usually, especially in a democracy, does not tolerate the likes of the KKK and neo-Nazis. However, in a more, uh, in a more uh, allowing or permissive society uh, where there might be uh, gaps in a democracy or a democratic society of um, these elements to show their faces and express their, uh, uh, their sentiments and convey their ideological beliefs, especially now that we have the internet and social media, it's much easier for them to do so. So those of us in mainstream democracies have to go back to make sure that these elements of extremism and fascism are no longer tolerated. So again, make them dormant rather than uh, erupt again. I like the quote that uh, I often use, it's my own quote, that democracy should never tolerate intolerance. And that's what extremism and fascism are all about. It's intolerance of multiculturalism, intolerance of others, uh, intol intolerance of quote unquote, the other. And that means anyone who's not them. Before I close, I just want to point uh, to um, some resources that are really educational and very much worth watching. The first I've already mentioned, reading the New Yorker article, uh, The Inexplicable Inside the Mind of a Mass Killer about the attacks in Norway in 2011, July 22. On that note, there's a Netflix documentary called July 22, and it's about 
uh, this terrorist attack by Anders Breivik. So if you're interested, you can watch July 22 uh, on Netflix. Frontline PBS has three very important documentaries, and I'm a big fan of Frontline PBS. So one of them is, quote, Germany's neo-Nazis and the far right, unquote. And it was first broadcast on June 29, 2021. You can watch it online on Frontline PBS. Another one is, quote, American Insurrection, unquote, of April 13, 2021. And a third one is called, quote, Documenting Hate, New American Nazis, unquote. And that first aired on November 20th, 2018. Again, Frontline PBS, these are three documentaries that you can watch on Frontline's website. Just go to Google and type in Frontline PBS, go to that website and click on films or do a search for those titles. Thank you for listening and let's continue the fight against extremism and fascism.